Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It's Friday, December 21st. It's Christmas. In this episode, we'll be talking about the remaining Boxing Day fixtures, the Carabao Cup, and goddamn freaking Liverpool. But first, Mike, do you want to buy a uh, Syria A team? I think there's one available. Tell us I all badly, about it. I badly do. As you may know, as fans, fans of the show, Salernitana is my team. They're my guys. They're my namesake. They're also about as good at business as I am because they're going to get run out of the league in unprecedented, unceremonious fashion Mm -hmm. very soon. Yeah. In case you have not been following the news in Serie A, in the bottom of the table in Serie A. Yeah, this is this is like this is edge case. This is a Mike special. This is a very, very this is our Christmas episode. We have a very Mike uh special here so we have uh salernitana 1919 is currently in um last place in Serie A, but Good that's job. really not the story um they their owner uh so going through the the lower levels of italy they were finally promoted to Serie A this year for the first time in 25 ish years um their owner is also the owner of napoli no now, lazio Lazio, excuse me, Lazio. They uh, also wear you. blue, so yes. Given- <laughs> that's yeah, that's why. Uh, so Lazio's owner uh, also uh, owns Salernitana, who, by the way, has gone through numerous bankruptcies in their over a hundred year history. Honestly, in like the last thirty years, a lot of uh, ups and downs, both financially and on the pitch, uh, for for our for our friends from Salerno, Italy. It um, is Claudio Lotito. Thank you. So Lotito owns these two teams. Now that's as you're saying, like that feels weird. A, a guy shouldn't be able to own two teams in the same league. You would be absolutely correct. That is not allowed. However, here we are on December 24th, 2021, and the league has run halfway through its schedule. And there is still a man who owns two teams in the league. So the game against Udinese was canceled, I believe, earlier this week. And they effectively were given uh, an ultimatum. Get a new, sell the team to someone else in 10 days, or you will be kicked out of Serie A. Now, what does that mean? We don't really know, but they're at the halfway point, which means they play, they're going to be playing everybody else uh, once again in the back half of the season. And it'll just basically all be forfeits, which will make sense. It's already the last place team. They won't miss them for a second. Um, But... This team is now officially for sale. So Laurent and I have been scheming and trying to think of ways that. By the way, can... Claudio Lotito has a really high quality Wikipedia page. Lotito was banned from football for two and a half years in 2006 for the 2006 football scandal where they bought referees. Yep. He got banned again due to third party ownership of two players, uh, Mario Zarate and Julio uh, uh, Ricardo Cruz. That was shortened. Uh, he was also banned again for seven months due to Lazio breaching uh, COVID cro- protocols. This is a guy who does not give a fuck about the goddamn laws. He sounds very, very Italian. He's uh, not fucking ar- He knows that he can get around this and that it's bullshit, basically. Oh, definitely. But <laughs> it do- it's not going to stop me from, I think, after the holidays, I'm going to put a GoFundMe yeah, together. I think it's And time. we're going to buy this fucking team. <laughs> we could probably now, buy it for, like, not – We will not, have – It's not expensive. No. Like twenty bucks. Um, no, here's what I, here's my proposal is: we have to think of it all the way through. But we were we're gonna set up the GoFundMe page at some point, and we will have it'll be like a Green Bay Packers sort of thing. Like you'll yes, like I anyone agree. who donates to the GoFundMe will be a part owner. Um, I also think we should appeal now, Mike. I don't know how you feel, but Lazio historically in Rome is a fascist club. Like they literally yep. will do salutes and it's a fascist part of rome that uh, that they are historically uh part of so we should appeal to our woke friends to take power away from a fascist club i really think that is important that yes, this as, Salernitina, as, as, as a team of the working people in salerno in naples like this is terone this is salt of the earth type shit this is yeah, really but- if you want to fly your woke left flag buying salernitino with us not only gives the people a team, it also takes a team away from a fascist. So yes. it's, it's a win-win. Uh, the thing is, is that the woke folks don't love us that much. So I feel like they would do. Be they don't know it yet. They don't know. They they, they, <laughs> they they haven't they haven't fell in love with football, which is the most working class for the people thing that there is. 
Yeah, but they don't actually mean any of the shit they're saying, which is why it doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> I'm very, I'm very gung ho about this. Uh, I am going to sell my new house. I'm going to put a bid in on the team. Yes, that's part to lie. Yes, but well, anyway, uh, no, I think. I think we can yeah. do it. I think we can yeah. do it. And I think we here's can. The thing. We're going to wait until they get relegated and then buy them next year for a perfect. quarter of the price. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Love let's it. go through. We don't have many scores. This is like the first real time we didn't have games in the middle of the week, even though they were half canceled. But we're going to run through the great and powerful Carabao Cup. The five-time champions in a row. Uh, City were out from West Ham. But we have four quarterfinals that were played. Arsenal at home versus the Emirates. Smash them. Beat. Sunderland. Sunderland were actually quite good in this game, even though they got beat 5-0. Uh, Eddie and Ketia with the hat trick. Two really good goals. I recommend watching the la his last two. Two nice near-post flicks. Good stuff. Sunderland were two classes out. Uh, watch Sunderland until I die. Really fun game. Chelsea defeat Brentford at Brentford. Brentford were really good for the first 10 minutes, and then they really weren't for the rest yeah. of it. So let's talk uh, about this one for a second, because yeah. Brentford realistically... You're looking at Chelsea. It's basically all of the the lone army rejects, right? They ran they ran all them out plus Pulisic and Mount. That was it, right? They had yeah. Kepa in net. The smart money, he said foolishly, was on Brentford first half. Kepa <laughs> made three really nice saves to keep Brentford off the board, and they went in nil nil at halftime. Chelsea brought on players who don't suck, and they will they win two nil. Yeah, who the hell is Sun Soup Bell? Never heard of that guy. No, anyway, idea. so. Yeah, Chelsea get through. Tuchel complains a little bit later. Your Tottenham Hotspur. Woohoo! And that means that the next game is even better. Your Tottenham Hotspur defeat West Ham 2-1 with a strong lineup. I think uh, our friend Mr. Mr. Conte is like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going after it. <laughs> the only you know, non-regulars in is really Doherty and Bergwijn. But these he played a he did. name brand group. I'd say. And the stadium was rocking, and the feeling is back in North London. Like, mm -hmm. we can punch with the big boys again. Um, and it's just – it's amazing what a difference it makes. Um, and it makes you wonder if we had gotten Conte in the summer. But there is – he has brought the belief amongst the players, and that has bled into the into the fans and into the the stadium. We can, we can it's go really into a fun it, time to be a Spurs supporter. Yeah, let's I finish think the, it key, off the key, key, key stat, though, under Nuno, Spurs, last in running per game under Conte, number first. one. First. First, but the game of the day is Liverpool three, Leicester three with Liverpool. The fucking see you next Tuesdays going through five, four on penalties. Leicester, we're going for this game, going, going, going. They put the lineup that every Leicester aficionado and side piece uh, fan wanted to see. And it was Daka, Madison and Vardy in the front three together. And you know what? It fucking worked. They scored three goals. Too yeah, early. they scored three goals. Now, to be fair, Liverpool had a back line of, I don't know who they are. Uh, Morton is in there. Kumetio, Bradley, Gomez, Simakis. Basically, Liverpool is playing their B squad because they're like, we're done with this thing. Come get us. Uh, come get us, Leicester. Yep. And Leicester did. Uh, they scored two goals from Jamie Vardy early. Uh, Axley Chamberlain pulls one back. Then Madison has, they're up 3-1 cruising they have their best defense in the weird thing is though they do have Ndidi in defense with Soyenchu. so there's something weird going on there and we know that Leicester's defense is bad for sure but they're hanging on there they're playing for their win they've got a two-goal cushion Jota gets one back on 68 okay but then the ghost of Anfield turns on yeah. and Anfield just drags Liverpool over the line. And this is totally normal stuff. I think Leicester was playing well. They had this game in control. They're looking like they're going to put out a, a, a Liverpool. They're up 3-2 in the 95th minute. The ghost of Anfield comes eeny, through. Meeny, miny, minamudo. Yeah. <laughs> ties the game at three in oh. the 95th minute. Yeah, just stealing Leicester hearts. I just yeah, and then it, it goes uh, it, it they go straight to penalties, which I like. Like that's just yes, let's I prefer not that. Fuck around. Let's just yeah. let's especially, go do this. Especially with uh, the fixture list. Forget the the virus stuff for a second, but like just in a condensed fixture list, this this competition should all never have extra time. I love that. Yeah, it was nice. And then in the shootout, it's Milner goes first. Tielemann matches. Firmino, Madison. Oxley, Chamberlain, Albrighton. Then poor Luke Thomas misses 
But then Minamino misses, and then the nine and a half, Kalechi Iannaccio has it going. Jota puts him ahead. The veteran, Ryan Bertrand, misses. Callagher, who's the backup goalie that I think a lot of Liverpool fans like, he seemed at fault for a few of the goals. They were, not, sorry, not at fault. He seemed like a championship goalkeeper. Like, shots went under his hand. You know, some of the goals that Vardy got were pretty good. Uh, Madison's goal is world class. He just yes. has one, he has that in him now and again. Daka set up Vardy, so while Vart while Daka didn't score a goal himself, he was part of the group. And I, if I'm Lester, I take from this game we can play that three. As long we just gotta find a way to get this defense sorted out. Yep. Why aren't they playing Vesterberg? They got him. Uh, is uh, he Vestergaard, retarded? Yeah. Yeah, Vestergaard, Vesterberg. Vesterberg is the singer from the replacements. Uh, so, so, so Leicester, Liverpool go through, and I want to give you your a little bit more time for Tottenham. Uh, just, just the what a feeling, wild game. Just the feel. Yeah, the Liverpool game was fantastic, and again, yeah, Liverpool's eleven plus Anfield are the best in the world, and when they get, they can. I, I what I thought about in this game. Let me just. My last point is, Liverpool still have in them the pre Van Dyke pre-Allison version of Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Where they can go end-to-end and just start scoring and have those hectic games where they'll score, if the team were to play like that, they would score 100 goals but give up 50. Mm -hmm. And when they have Van Dyke and they have their real defense in, they're able to stop these basketball... Basketball. I shouldn't use... The English use basketball as like a, a, a when games well, are up the and back, down. It's, it's, it's like hockey. It's back and yeah, forth. Yeah, right? more, like, more hockey style, right. Yeah. Um, Liverpool can still play that way, right? They can still play up and down. What suffers for them when they don't have their best players is they give up goals. And so yeah. they were able to hang on in this game. It was fun. It was exciting. I hate Liverpool so much. You knew they'd fucking pull the goddamn game out. They simply don't lose at home at all, ever. <laughs> Except for that just, one time they lost like five in a row, which was glorious. Well, but, but that, that was, was just bizarro. There was, were no fans, right? Anfield no fans, wasn't Anfield. There was no fans and no Van Dyke, right? So right. <laughs> there you go. Right. But yeah. Now, I now mean, talk, talk, talk about, talk about this Tottenham win. Yeah, and then and a little a bit about what's happening with London. It was a lot of <laughs> fun. Gone. I, uh, I did not get to see the second half of the game, but I watched intently. I watched the first half, and I caught the highlights for the second half later. But all the fun stuff did happen before halftime. It was back and forth, back and forth. Hugo Lloris made. Like four or five, we're, we're not not really good. World class, holy shit, kind of saves. Mm. There is, as a function of the crest that he wears on his shirt, there is so little respect given to him, despite the fact that he captained a World Cup winning side. He is phenomenal, and all that to say, he is phenomenal often as a function of his defense being quite literally the opposite. So um, I have to, I have to wax poetic about my man, Hugo for a second. He was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I and mean, the, the two, he had stopped two from some suit check, right? There was a looper yes. and another one. Yes, that's correct. Early. Um, the goals, they, they came fast in this game. It was, it was interesting how I think uh, I forget who got the opener, but right Ber after that, that's right. Bergvine was great in this game because he had a goal and an assist and he was sort of, you could tell that in the, and, and in the same way that Delhi had really had that resurgence in the Liverpool match yeah. uh, a few days ago, it's almost as if Conte has looked at him and taken the, the theoretical shackles off and said, hey, you're a talented attacking footballer. Fuck everything else. Go be that guy. And then we'll start talking about everything else. Go be a threat. And it was it was evident in his. Not so much in the results. I mean, it was, but it was more evident in he was taking guys on one on one. And then the first goal, he takes he, a man it was on. Awesome. Yeah. And he just awesome. goes, see you later, dude. Yeah. Um, it was really and, good. and yeah. And I think it was uh, uh, Dawson or I can't remember exactly who it was. Um, but yeah, just blows past him, ends up scoring the first goal. Bowen, your man, Bowen. Uh, um, one of my sons from the championship. That yes. I so I have, to, I have to break down this play a little bit. because <laughs> He's so I, good. I love Bowen. I, I, just I am a huge Eric Dyer supporter and fan and sympathizer. And yeah. everybody else has been talking about how he's been playing well this year, uh, especially in the context of the last few years. He has had a few really good weeks. However, um, I think I made this the joke on Twitter where he effectively – uh, he, he's always extremes. He's never in the middle. Okay. And in this match, we're up one nil three minutes after the goal, uh, playing it out from the back. Dyer tries to play a ball into the middle of the field. Like, yes, yes, uh, yes. Like right by the, the, the center circle. It's and yeah. 
not only is it a fuck up, if you look at it from actually his point of view, there's three West Ham players between him and I believe was Kane probably was the target. And there's just no way there. So he gives the ball away in a dangerous position. Is it position. Rice or Suchek who breaks, who gets it? I, I'm not sure. Drafted, but but yeah. so he gets, they, they turn the ball over in a dangerous position. And then uh, they get the ball to Bowen who turns Eric Dyer completely inside out. And then he scores an easy goal with it. Hugo has no chance on. Oh, it's it's classic. That's why I didn't know who it was. Vlasic, that's Diego. The, and the then, pickle. Literally three minutes later, Bergvine again going after one-on-one battles, serves the goes all the way to the touchline, puts it back into a dangerous area, and Lucas Moore is there and he puts it ahead two one. It really was a back and forth affair first half. Um they did seem to settle things down in the second from what I could see. But yeah, yeah no, I, mean, I think in the in the second half, it's all Ben Rama comes on and really start shooting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it sounded like Moy said, go win us this fucking game, please. Right. And he takes a and lot so, of shots and doesn't get any, doesn't really do anything, but he's but the, the trying. Thing is, like, I, like I had alluded to the, the belief is back and you haven't, you've gotten performances. Like I said, out of guys like Bergvine and like Delhi, it's really frankly only a matter of time until Kane has one of those like four goal games against like Lester or well, what you, you, know, what you really else. want from Kane is, a goal a game for two months. You well, don't sure, want... but yeah, yeah, yeah. But what you're gonna get, he's gonna bully the shit out of like Norwich or something. And what I'm saying is the confidence and the belief is back amongst the boys and it's back amongst the stadium. And that place was howling again. Yeah. So that's the second straight so, day. But, but let's let's results. let's go, let's go into the semifinals, though. We yes. got the draw already. It's Arsenal Liverpool over two legs. I'm not confident it's gonna stay over two legs. We'll see what happens there. That's yeah. That's odd. so. That's a huge piece here, and it's interesting because that gives obviously a significant advantage to the home teams, but uh, the home teams in the first leg, I should say. Um, but I'm not. I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic that we're gonna these these charts that we're seeing are getting hysterical, and then they're all going to peter out uh, in the next week or so. But we'll see. Yeah, um, I'm I'm actually so on a side note, I'm super confident this is the best version of COVID that could happen. Super definitely. contagious, super mild. Everyone gets it. It's over. This is the yep. good thing about variations. They can yes. variate themselves into something bad. <laughs> yes, yes, right? exactly. So, and right? so that was so, always so, the fear. And I think that, you know, obviously we're seeing yeah. that that may or may not be the case. So obviously, now, if they would just stop not. testing people and let them play. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now, especially given that, you know, the whining and crying coming out of the Jurgen Klopp camp and the lineup that they put up against Leicester, I'm taking Arsenal with his two they, legs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't like the idea of Liverpool at home in a second leg uh, on the thirteenth. That's, That's fair. Because they will go for if they're down two goals, they will go and smash Arsenal in a full Anfield attack. Like nothing is like Liverpool has been down four goals to Barcelona at home. Okay. And okay. Fucking, but, you know what so I mean? like, January thirteenth, though. Again, yeah. this comes in that. 30-ish day period where yeah. you have AFCON. So yeah. are they really going to do that when they've got, um, you know, yeah. the FA Cup and the Premier League games coming thick and fast still? Because, yeah. by the way, however, they they now have no game on Boxing Day, so they're going to have to find a place for that game. So mm. I don't – there's a lot of games for them to play, and there's not a lot of bodies to play them. If you're Liverpool, I like Arsenal. By the way, I like Arsenal on, on bounce anyway. No, right I, now, I I don't I don't against not, not against the full not against the full Liverpool eleven against the Liverpool Cup side. I yeah. like Arsenal. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're ready. I don't think that they have it in them. As if they're gonna play Saka and Smith Rowe and Enketia. they they're not. We have seen Arsenal basically cannot beat any big boys. Right, but Ever. again, these are gonna be big boys in name only. I think yeah. that's why now, I like but, Arsenal. But, but I mean, my other piece is. Are they maturing? Are they getting better? They went down. Like, they didn't... It's funny. In that Arsenal-Sunderland game, yes, it's Sunderland, but they did... Sunderland punched them, and they didn't sure. fold. They kind mm-hmm. of... Historically, they get tense, or they'll score a couple goals and sit back, but what was nice about the Arsenal-Sunderland game is they kept going. They kept playing. And they're starting... And that that commentary that I have about, like, they're the youngest team. Like, they should be getting better and tougher as they go. And when next season comes, I don't know what's going to happen in the transfer window, but I'm going to be lauding Arsenal as a real team because of youth and guys hey, getting better. I but don't like talk it. to me. Talk to me about your Chelsea Tottenham thing. Are you 
feeling good about that draw? Who would you I have great. wanted? I or would no, you have I wanted, wanted you would wanted Arsenal? No. <laughs> okay, so understand that what the Tottenham fixture list looks like now. You've Just got Chelsea on the fifth, Tottenham. Uh, I'm sorry, Chelsea uh, again on the twelfth. You play them one more time in January, I believe on like the eighteenth. Yes. Uh, I'm looking that up now. In between, you have a home North London derby. Okay. So you've got okay. Here it is. January 5th at Stanford Bridge, January 12th at home to Chelsea, January 16th, North London Derby at home, January 23rd, you're back at Stanford Bridge for a Premier League match. Um, holy shit. That's a lot of football. Uh, the, well, here the good news, I suppose, that you barely ever leave London the whole month, but that's good. Um, except except London is exploding with like doom and gloom. It's like the plague. Yeah. It's thir- it's 1380, and yeah. someone's gonna run around with a fucking uh bird mask and say, bring out your dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do like that draw. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You understand now that Conte is going to go to Stanford Bridge twice in three weeks. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, the way that I see those four matches unfolding, uh, however the legs you want to – of, of the, the, the cup I, It setting, sounds like they're going to keep them going. I, I think – right. I think Spurs win in the cup tie. I think they they have a tough game against Arsenal, but I think they can get at least a draw out of that. And I think they lose in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge. And if you told me that right now, if I could get the win against Arsenal, I would sign for that right now. Right now. <laughs> you want the win versus – that's going to be so much better than the shitty Nuno game that you guys yes. were embarrassed in. Yes. That will that's be the thing. a thousand times more competitive. We're, we're at I home. Think- yeah. Again, the feeling is back. The confidence is back. It's Arsenal. Everybody's going to be up for that game. I think we could floor Arsenal. And that's the thing. Yeah. Like you said, are, who are Tottenham for that match? Or for this month, really, do they show up as, hey, we're a top four threat. We are, you know, the the old Pochettino-ish confidence. Or yeah. are we the oldish Mourinho and Nuno Spurs where it's yeah. where we're pushovers, right? But the yeah. stat that you brought up, I sent it to you the other day. I'm glad you mentioned that. They go from literally last to first in play in in um distance covered, right? Running over the course of the match. They're coming for you. The thing is, the thing is that I would imagine with Spurs is that inside them, in their best moment, they would say, and you would say this, and, and I think Levy has said this is letting Pochettino go was a mistake, right? Of course. Of course. But that Pochettino team was a running team, right? They knew about pressing. So it should not feel foreign to the DNA of this group, which I think is still the same DNA, to want to run. And I think the thing that always hurt Spurs was in their DNA, they were not a sit-back team. No. And it always – they were always bad at it. (laughs) It's in the ethos of the club for 100 years, right? 120, whatever many years now. It's not about – the game is about glory. It's about playing attractive football. It's actually about – putting on a show almost as much as it is, if not more than the result, right? Yeah. It's we came out and we played a great game today and we got shit luck and we lost whatever. And that's kind of the, <laughs> that's the kind of Spursy thing is like the jokes exactly. about Spurs are, Oh, we can beat them. They're not hard to beat. They just want to play. They don't care. We just right. get into them. And for yes. the teams that always want to win, it's kind of this thing. And Pochettino gave ethos, both, absolutely. right? Po- Pochettino yes. gave both. And I think and I Conte is a both, is a both guy. He where very much he's, is a both. He's a winner and he plays – like don't – he's not defensive. He just won't let you ship goals. <laughs> yes. Well, and I want to be very – I want to clarify one thing about the, the Pochettino sentiment, right? Like it was not necessarily a mistake to sack him when they did. The mistake was the years earlier leading up to that not supplementing him and not giving him anything, right? So yeah. that's the important thing to note there. But yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The juice is back in North London. We, um, you've got an exciting Arsenal team and an exciting Tottenham team. And it's going to be a yeah, lot of fun. Good. I, uh, I do want to talk about the other teams in the league that we haven't been talking about. It feels okay, like fine. after Ole got sacked, we just we talked we never, for the whole half a season about, about Manchester United. We haven't talked about the Bridges. <laughs> they also haven't played for like since the War of 1812 ended at the Battle, right. at, at the battle of do, Louisiana as we record Andrew this, Jackson. <laughs> as we record this on Christmas Eve afternoon, yes. Yes. we do have seven yeah. Boxing Day matches left. Yes, we there will are hope that we have seven, but we'll see. There are or six on Boxing Day and one on the twenty seventh. But yes. yeah, I think Wolves, Watford, and Leicester Leeds are canceled, and I'm pretty sure Burnley, Everton are canceled. Basically, well, Burnley hasn't played; they just took a month off. So put it this <laughs> way: between Boxing Day and January third, every single day there is at least one game right now. 
So we'll see. Right now, we've got right. some. We've got some really good ones. But uh, I want to. I, I do want to talk about United, who have not Please. played. And then Ralph Ragnick complained. Yeah. So we've got the Germans complaining about playing at Christmas time. The big teams, Pep included, uh, and I do want to talk about City very briefly. Pep included. They seem to complain about fixture lists. Here's the thing. I'm going to look in the camera. Stop. No one wants to hear about it. Your team and your clubs are designed for you to play in these games. You have quadruple the budget of all the teams. You have quadruple the players of all the teams. You have even under 23s and development squads that are better than most teams in the Premier League. Shut the fuck up. Nobody cares, right? You're Manchester United. You're Manchester City. You're Liverpool. Play the games. Oh, oh, oh you too, uh, fucking Tuchel. Play the games and be quiet, okay? Nobody wants to hear about fixture complaining, especially Ragnick. Like, you're here 20 minutes. Yeah, you, you just should got be, here. You should just literally want to play because you and, can and you put your thing through. 16 days. Yeah. I think this is one of these moments that, I, that the Premier League coaches understandably want to protect their players. But what makes the Premier League the Premier League is the gauntlet of play. It is this. It is that it doesn't stop. It is that it's 100%. The players being run down. This is part of what makes, and I don't want to give Manchester United too much credit, it's part of what makes the treble in 1999, when you think back on it, fucking incredible that United with FA Cup, we haven't even talked about the FA Cup. That's coming too. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's that that, that, won't, that will weeks. not have replays, by the way, which is usually sad for the small teams. Anyway, but, but again, that the something fact that you, you have to do right now. Yeah, yeah, you have to. But the fact that you can win, but Ragnar shouldn't complain. United, I'm looking forward to seeing them play again. Uh, it should be an easy run. Remember, we said we went through United's schedule. They basically have cupcakes until March. Uh, yeah. They have nothing. They they should yeah they should literally not lose a game until March. Totally. Until they play, and season. they haven't played. They haven't played as we, you know. There'll be sixteen days in between games. Shut yeah. the fuck up. You're yeah. fine. In you're fact, not, you should want to play. Oh, completely. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so, I'm excited to see them, even if it's against Newcastle. I'm excited to see that that you know that crest on the field again. Um, but we do have some good Boxing Day matches, and I'm looking forward to honestly. Newcastle United on the 27th will be the only game of that day, so I will watch it as a function of that, I suppose. Um, but. <laughs> There are two to three. Yeah, there are three boxing day well, matches. Let's, that I've let's got my talk eye about on. my team, right? City's playing Leicester City. Yep. Uh, historically, it can be a tough game for for City. The famous the four three in the Leeds uh, Championship season, and then the the five two four, the five two, which was the hey, the we're buying fucking Diaz tomorrow game. Uh, <laughs> let's call it what it is, Laurent. It is the annual. Pep out game from Lowe. Oh, that yes, was it the, was that one. Yes, it is the pep out game. I was very frustrated with that game. Uh, but City are flying right now. They've scored 11 in their last two. They actually made a deal for a player where they made money. It's unbelievable. Yeah. They sold yeah, Ferran wow. Torres for 55 million euros to Barcelona. Barcelona. I still don't understand how they have the money. I still don't understand why the fuck they paid that much for him. I don't get it. So City buy Ferran Torres for 25. He plays a season and a half and they sell him for 55. This is fucking gold. <laughs> and he wasn't, he wasn't even, he wasn't, he wasn't playing doing and they got shit. a 2X. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, to be fair, he has been awesome for Spain. He is a very Spanish striker and I can see why Barcelona want him. They put him at the tip of the spear with all their young guys. He's in their window and they can get rid of Jiang and Memphis Depay and all the mistakes Kuman played. So they have a young striker to grow with their young group. But I think it's more that Torres was like, I just want to play for Barcelona. He's going to take a pay cut. He's just going to go. And that's yeah, fine. But, like, but the I get it. If, pay, you've been, if you've been to Manchester and you've been to Barcelona, you take Barcelona every day, twice. Every day. <laughs> okay, fine. But if it was again, if it was a cut rate deal, if it was smart business, if it was it was not this smart was a, business. This was a back of the box sort of like this. We're signing this player. This is a big deal kind of sign. By the way, this is what you come to expect from Barcelona until there's a pandemic where they get decimated and oh by the way they run their their club into the ground. So this is a very curious move. Like you said, where the fuck are they getting this money from? Nobody Apparently really knows. They have a they have a loan. They have a line of credit with um, with uh, the bank. With uh, all right, well, you uh, know what? Not JP Morgan. That's the Goldman bank Sachs. that will go. Yeah. I'm going to call Goldman Sachs about 
you know, putting a bid in for Salernitana then? Because this sounds like they're fucking giving away free money that they don't expect people to pay back. Well, I mean, to be fair, if you're on a 10-year timeline, who are you going to back? You'll be like, ah, oh, they'll be fine eventually. So you can understand why they have a line of credit that just goes sure, on forever. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, they'll just run deficits forever. But anytime you hear them talking about Holland, get the fuck out of here. They're not buying oh, no, Holland. They it's can't not touch happening. Holland. Anyway, so City playing well, playing great. They play Leicester. Uh, I do think the one side note is the cancellation for Leeds against Liverpool at Anfield is a breather because they could have gotten blown the fuck away. Like this could have been an eight. You know what I mean? That could have been (laughs) Bielsa's last game. Yeah. Yeah. If he had gotten the doors blown off him. So he gets a reprieve for a minute, like going to Anfield for Leeds was not going to be good. So Leeds hang in there another day. West Ham Southampton, kind of a fun game there at home, London stadium, Christmas boxing day. Please, if you watch the games, look into the stands. England has a very funny little tradition where people do fancy dress. They wear costumes. They wear hats. They wear fucking... They treat it like the World Cup because the world is watching. No one else does this. This is a unique tradition to It's very uh, Churchill Downs-ish. Yeah. The whole of Europe watches the Premier League on this week because there's nothing else to watch. Um, (laughs) uh, Norwich City, Arsenal, the less talked about this, the better. Tottenham Crystal Palace. If I were you, I'd be worried. (laughs) So here's the thing. I was worried the first time for two reasons. Obviously Palace and Selhurst Park. All the reasons I gave you that Spurs are up for a fight now, I'm excited for this game. And as a neutral, if you are not a fan of either of these teams, you should watch this. It is going to be attacking football on both sides. It's going to be really fun to watch. I think Spurs end up pulling away. They get scored on. But I think they end up winning relatively comfortably three to one. Yeah. So, so what, what, what I think is the key thing is like with Palace, they could have out, out fought. They could have out desired or out mentalityed Tottenham under Mourinho and Nuno. They, they did will not outwork. Right. They did already. They will not outwork Conte's team. No. It's not going to happen. And and let's be clear, as much as you love Conor Gallagher, there is a there at Tottenham's best, there is a class difference between Tottenham and Palace. Yes. And yes. that's what there's I think There's only we'll one shine player, through. there's two players on Palace that would play for Spurs. Right? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, Gallagher, Connor I, I don't Gallagher, know that would. No, not anymore, no. Uh Conor Gallagher though is it's not a joke. Like he's literally in the top 10 who scored ratings of all players in the Premier League this season. Yeah. It's not yeah. a joke that Conor Gallagher is literally the best midfielder in London. I mean, it's not like you take Conor Gallagher and you stick him in the middle of Spurs, you have a legend right on the spot. Like, boom. He yeah, takes he takes ship spot and he's gone. <laughs> yeah, he com- yeah. he comes to, he's taking guys on, he's putting, he's putting, he's putting uh Harry Kane through. He's making that turn that you've that you're dying for in the midfield. He takes Winx's good game and he's like, oh, he does that every game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, like it's as if if he's you know, transformational first you He's everything that Ndombele is and it's can supposed be. supposed to be. Yeah. But but well but he is, but as I've said many times on the show, around the 55th minute, it's like they ring a bell, like, hey man, dinner's ready, you can stop playing now. And he just stops. Connor Gallagher has a motor that doesn't stop. And and that for me is really like I'm not going to sit here and say Conor Gallagher is as talented as Tangy and Dombele. He's not. He, he's not. But he is. He's crafty. He's got a great mind for the game, and he's motor. got enough talent. And motor. he's like exactly that motor. So what he yeah, is, is, I hate Conor takes, no, I don't hate him. He takes hate, Tango and Dombele and puts 1,000 percent Englishness into his game. Exactly. My term. Exactly. Because yep. he is English, and you know he's big. He's actually six foot tall, which is impressive. Uh, Aston Villa, Chelsea. This is a trap game. Chelsea are in trouble. They're not fucking going to Villa Park and getting an easy game. I think Villa... Steven Gerrard's going to have them ready. (laughs) They're coming after this Chelsea team. I really like Villa to get a result in this game. Like, There's no reason not to. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and again, it's a question of who's who is there for Chelsea. They have a number of positive tests. They have some fatigue. They've been rotating, right? So, and that's part of the reason, like I was saying... You know they they played that that lone army reject lineup against um against Brentford on uh, uh, um, the EFL Cup. You don't know who's going to show up tonight. Like, Villa seems to be relatively unscathed. How does Chelsea not bring Gallagher back? I don't understand it. Well, I don't know what the terms of the 
It's supposed to be a year, but you can break those. It's your you can, player. You can break it, yeah. I think I think that they won't because whatever. But well, they won't because they not? want to make sure that those relations don't. But he would be the best midfielder on Chelsea right now. Can you imagine him playing with Conte? I know, I know. It would be That's like exactly a dynamic, like shot of fucking testosterone into the team. Here's it would the just thing. Be like, Here's oh, the thing. here we go. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay. They, they so play Spurs players. three fucking times in January, and if they do this, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. Okay? <laughs> but they have so many players. They can grab any number of players, okay. right? I'm going to have to deal with Connor Gallagher on December 26th, January 5th, January 12th, and January 18th, and I'm going to fucking scream if that happens. I love happens, it. I love okay? it. Anyway, I, I, if you haven't noticed, I'm in love with Connor Gallagher, and that's I, okay. I don't get uh, to love him, and it bothers me. Yeah, and I and I and and I and in this concept of love, I'm falling out of love with Brentford with Brighton again. <sighs> They're falling apart. Brentford, Brentford versus Brighton is a team of two teams we love that are sputtering and getting a lot of draws. I expect a draw. Yeah, sadly. I can see it. I don't. I mean, know of the course. Status. I mean, that's all Brighton do. I don't know. They the still status don't have Tony. a striker. I think Tony is coming back for this match, so I that changes know. a lot for me and and my my beloved bees. Um, but he's been out. He's been. I think it was. I think he COVID had a pretty hurt, rough a rough case. I think he was a little nicked up, and then he had uh, uh, he yeah, had tested for, positive. For so Brighton, it's, for Brighton, it's, it's our it's him. our for Brighton, it's our ass man, Mister Mope. Um, yes, he's been out, and you, and weirdly, despite the fact that he can't finish anything, I mean, he finishes some things, and he uses wipes for that, but he can't finish <laughs> goals. And he needs to be in that team because they simply don't have enough. I'm still on the hunt for strikers for this team. Now I want Eddie Nketiah to go to Brighton. Anything that's not nothing. Can you please yeah. get a fucking striker that's not Danny Welbeck and get some creative players that are not Adam Lalana? You cannot rely on over 30 former big six players who are injury riddled. You need yeah. actual players. I As much as people like their... Uh, they have actually – they're going to lose their director of football who may go to Newcastle. So there's a little bit of people recognizing the Brighton story and going, hey, they're doing something that I'd like mm -hmm. to see. And you can see Potter going – You like it's that infrastructure. And then all of a sudden Brighton will just be another team and they'll get relegated. Yeah, they'll get relegated. Absolutely. I mean they do have the Tony Bloom, the owner, like Brentford. These, this is a battle of gamblers. This is the game I was looking forward to for a while. Yes. And we'll see if the talent – it should be a good game. It should be super. But fun. look, just because the owner is is at it and understands, even in the context of Brentford, you still need you lose, teams, guys to play. Yeah. If yeah, if you knew, lose your director of football and your manager, that's a lot of, of philosophy to bring yeah. in. Forget the yeah. players for a second, because the philosophy is what's driving these players and making them the best versions of what they can be. Right. Yeah. It's so, all ver it's vertically integrated. It's coming from I the mean, owner shit. to the guy to the coach to the players, and if you start moving those parts, it's fragile. Hi, I have a good example of that. When Jose Mourinho and Nuno Espirito Santo ran Spurs, we talked about how they're they're the, you know thematically and always historically these these get after it and go go play attractive football teams, and then suddenly for two years they fucking weren't. Doesn't yeah. mean the fans and the ownership didn't expect this, or I, I don't know what actually ownership fucking expected to be quite honest. But um, <laughs> you know, th th so if you if you have continuity, like you said, the entire way down the the pyramid. It's true in all sports. And you take you take the middle of the pyramid out. Well, what the fuck did you expect to happen? Yeah, it's gonna right? fall down. So yeah. So yeah, yeah it's, I, I, it's I'm fascinating. That it's a that good game happen. for the. It's a very nerd core game. It's the football manager game. It's the. Yes. It's the analytics. It's the. It's the money ball. It's the Billy Bean team. It's all of those things are encompassed in this game. I do have one thought, and I, I I know we talked about it before, but I love that football has this historical my team plays this way thing, where we somewhat have it, I guess, in American football, but the rule changes have made it so that you can't really be that anymore, right? Like you can't be like you, the meanest defense ever, right? Right, right. You can't you can't live on that anymore. You'll just lose. <laughs> or you can't yeah. live on a running team or hold on to your ethos type stuff. I mean, I guess the Baltimore Ravens have it a little bit. The Giants have lost it, yeah, but basically. I was say, like the 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 Baltimore Ravens still have Lamar Jackson. It's not like they're, you know, like yeah, but they're still but, relying on new age. No, I get right, it. Right, right. And then you sort of have it with the Steelers. There's some modicum of it but it it doesn't affect how the teams make decisions right so it's kind of interesting 
I, but in this league, it it exists, right? Unless you have a transformational manager who can kind of push and stay within the lane while changing it. Like I feel like Moyes has grabbed West Ham and let it still. It has taken some of the attacking impetus, but also kept it in his own image, where you can you can shift it, but you can't change it, right? Like yeah, yep. Arsenal under Unai Emery, this guy's a great coach. The guy freaking wins every time he's in the Europa League, but he didn't fit with Arsenal, right? No. It just didn't make sense. It doesn't work. It's so mm-hmm. bizarre. I don't know how it works, but it's there. It's like my Englishness so here's thing. what happens. Teams if have team, ethos. If a, if a club, and we've seen it in North London with both clubs, right? If a club like Arsenal or Tottenham have that, that if, I, if you're looking at a pyramid and you take the middle of the pyramid out, then you have dysfunction, dissension among the ranks, all that stuff. And what happens is you fall to mid-table. You finish seventh eighth right and that's what we've seen with both north london clubs in recent years what happens if you do it at brentford though you go or, excuse down. me at brighton at brighton you don't have the skill and quality to have a quote-unquote disappointing season and finish in the top half no you, you, lose go, 50 you go from dollars. 12th to 17 to out yes and then <laughs> and then this the slope is extremely slippery and yeah i mean hell you could be you could be sunderland at that point you know it's yeah it, it can happen it becomes, bad quickly because yeah i mean if you look at the and this is why i always have a soft spot for norwich because they have the ability to go again when they go down but a lot of teams don't and the thing is that it's it's twofold it's that they are coming off of you know the discouragement of the relegation but they're also going into a piranha pit of of hungry teams at the championship the top of the championship level who are saying no 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 that's my spot now Right, that's not your spot to take it back and go back up next year. We're you're fighting me for that spot now. So yeah, I mean the, the championship that, is a fucking viper pit, and you can just yeah. ask the teams that have they were ten well, points clear. Viper pit's they've, been, they've been pulled back. Bournemouth, they look like they were doing fine. Pulled back. Fulham yeah. looked like they were ready to go up. Uh, a new a new a new son, Bereton Diaz at Blackburn, uh, former one of the Premier League winning clubs. They are in it. The, they're pulling it back. Brereton Diaz, incredible story. I'm going to give you – we're going to go to the championship. Championship. Let's do it. Brereton Diaz is a guy called Brereton. He's a winger. He's fine. He finds out that he has just a smidge of Chilean blood and plays for the Chilean <laughs> national team. He adds Diaz to his name. This is a guy from the north of England. He goes from Brereton to Brereton Diaz. Brereton Diaz is an incredible player. He's got all the fucking South American fighting him. He's leading the championship in goals. Wow. <laughs> he's taken this team, put it on his back, grew a beard, and now he's a fucking South American dynamo. <laughs> so Brereton. He's a drug Bre- lord is what Bre- you're telling Brereton, me. Brereton, crap. Brereton Diaz, the Chilean striker. Incredible. <laughs> that's awesome. So, that's a wonderful fucking story. Yeah. So but that's the he, thing is that you're fighting against the Barrett and Diaz's of the world if you go down. And the, we talked a lot about it, I don't know, a month or so ago about how the the amount, the quality in the Premier League has never been higher. And the expectation that you'll be able to pull a Burnley or a Newcastle and just get your 40 points and just keep your head above water. You're not, you're going to have to fight for those points and play attacking aggressive football. Listen. And if it will hurt me, if this all kind of comes unraveled for Brighton, because that ethos is going to leave them. And that will make me very sad. And I'm sure it'll leave you just absolutely despondent. <laughs> I'll find a new team. I'll be all over Blackburn. I promise you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if yeah, they play yeah. well, but like we said, we've said this before. The top, so we have the Premier League is 20 teams at the top of the pyramid. Teams 15 to 25 or 15 to 30 are not that different from each other. No, now, being in the Premier League gives you a lot of money. That is a fact. It's like $180 million just for being in the Premier League. But you have to spend to stay in. And your point mm-hmm. about Newcastle is valid. They don't break the bank every time they go in. They needed to make a change. That's fine. And they'll go up and down and they'll go again. It's fine. But you know, you but you have to respect you have to respect Burnley. And that's why we give Dyche so much love. You have to respect Southampton, the fact that they just keep fighting. And the league, the teams are all the same in some sense. You have some yeah. teams that are on the up of their wave, where I think like Brighton are now sort of crashing down a little bit, and you have Crystal Palace are on an upswing, Brentford are on an upswing, Villa are not upswing, Wolves are on a down. I mean uh, Leicester are on a downswing again. They lose Rodgers. They could slip easily. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not that f- 
far off. Like Vardy gets old, Telemans gets sold, Madison gets hurt. They're gone. <laughs> like so it's let's not expand hard. on this a little more. We talk. We've talked to we're blue in the face about how there's three teams and then there's the rest, right? In the in the top half of the table. So that's really how the pyramid. If you think about it, right? There's three. There, there, well, really, there's two, then there's a third, then there's four through, call it eight or nine, and then 10 through 13. And like you said, after that, it's 14 to 35, and the margins are incredibly small for that for that wide, right? Think of it literally like a pyramid. That's, I don't want to say that's the bottom rung, but as far as the uh, highly competitive teams in England, that sort of is, right? And and it's by far the widest, um, it's the widest, and the part thing of is, the structure, is but it's year, not that different. Every year you stay in the league without breaking the bank and spending lots of money. If you can bank it and spend the money on, because I don't know if people know this, but financial fair play, which is this sort of system of spending, you can spend a lot of money. It just can't be on players. So right. if you can take your money from the league and put it Get into your academy ground. and putting into training grounds and building up all the infrastructure around your club, you can go a long way. I think the difference between, say, Norwich and Bournemouth is Bournemouth literally spent all that's money on players and they're down and trying to fight their way back up. But, yeah. you know, they have a decent coach. But it, it is interesting. So the fight, as we see, like Liverpool and City are gone. Chelsea will be there. Arsenal will always will be there. And United and Spurs will be there. That group, that big six, like we like to say, is they have historical money, historical fans. They're always going to be in and out, up and down, whatever. You know, they, they're never going to get relegated. It's just not going to happen. Right. You can't. But the rest of them, West Ham, West Ham has been in relegation fights within the last three years. (laughs) Yeah. It happened. So uh, it's fascinating. We love it. This is what makes this league so fucking good. Uh, And then, like we said, on Monday, we have Newcastle versus Man United. This 20 years ago would have been a great game. Now it's, can Newcastle get anything going? They've, uh, They've hired Howe. Nothing has happened. They're still yeah. shit. They play a little bit different, but against City, they just make stupid mistakes. Like, and hey, look, uh, of the we've talked about this too. Of the relegation sides, they have the most games played right now. Now, does that trouble. mean a whole heck of a lot at that point stage of the table? No, because it's not like it's not like you can look at Spurs with three games in hand and go, well, that's at least probably four to five points. Well, Burnley will get a point. Will get a point per game, I think, out of their three. Maybe, maybe. Uh, they're not they're not at a point per game now, so that I wouldn't give them that much. But nonetheless, they're literally is, they're at point seven per game. They're close. I know, I, but, but one so win would put is, them at a point per game. Yes, it would. That's fair. But um, but no, Newcastle with eighteen games played already. Call it nineteen after the after the United match, which we don't expect them to get a result in. Now you're literally halfway through the season. You're looking at two to three games more played than Burnley. By the way. Your goal difference is almost as bad as Norwich. They so, are the worst expected goal difference, blah, 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 per game. They no, are the I know, worst but what team I'm, in the league. I'm just looking at the flat table now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minus no, 23 on 10 points. No, I know. Minus 23 goal difference on 10 points through 18 games. If you lose again against United, which we all expect them to, that's at least minus 24. Now 10 points through 19 games. Would you rather be Norwich or Newcastle? I'd rather be Norwich. I'd rather be Norwich, too. Unless honestly. unless they come, they come in hot. Unless they come in hot in January, yeah, which but you Norris can't. Not have you can't really disrupt to. the team. I think, you know, I, the talk has always been, oh, Burnley is going to sell Tarkovsky. If Burnley sell Tarkovsky, they're going to go down. They're not selling Tarkovsky. Oh, they're going down. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> what I'm saying is, from Newcastle's point of view, why the hell not? You've got these new owners flush with cash. You need to do something, right? What Whether I would alone... do. See, so, so what I would do if I were Newcastle and I own them, I would do what City did, which is buy the best players of the teams near you. So you mm. buy Rafinha from Leeds and fuck them. You yeah. buy Dennis from Watford and fuck them. You buy yeah. Tarkovsky from Burnley. Burnley's not rich enough to be like, we're going to give you 40 million. You're basically buying the points off the other teams. Yeah. You yeah, say, yeah. you say, you know, is Tarkovsky worth 40 million pounds? No. But to Burnley, they have, they have to sell him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you just take him. You go, or you go to Norwich and you say, you're going down, we're buying Pookie. Although I don't think he's better than Wilson, honestly. But No, he's not. No, that's not their problem. But but, but right. But the point is, is that if they don't get better fast, then I would rather – ignoring the transfer window for a second yeah. and assuming they lose to United, I'd still rather be in Norwich's seat than Newcastle because you're talking about two extra games. 
Yeah. Oh no. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I. It's fascinating. I love this whole up down. I mean, this is the great. By the way, Norwich and Newcastle are more than likely both going down. Right. So yes. So, but again, uh, it's, it's, it's two a wins. Point. Two wins takes you out of this thing. Of course. If you can, of course, get you just gotta find back. him somewhere. And ironically, Norwich very much like Serie A because Salernitana has two wins and they're in last place. Norwich has more wins than Newcastle. They have as many as Newcastle and Burnley it's combined. The seven draws that Newcastle. It's the has. seven draws, right? Exactly. So yeah, that'll make them feel good. Yeah. Well, yeah. then the other on the other side of it, you've got Watford, who's doing what we do, which is like they've got four wins. They give zero fucks. Yep. One draw. They don't care. Yep, yep, we'll yep. lose games. I don't care. They have Dennis. They're going to try and win games. I think we've exhausted our program here. We have. Uh, We have. But before we go, before we go, it is Christmas Eve. I hope that you and your family and and Lisa and Aveline have an amazing Christmas and a lot of fun. And to all of our friends and fans and listeners, we love you all so, so much. Uh, Dave and Chris uh, from the Chop Sports Network, you guys fucking rock. We love you. Uh, We hope everybody has a happy, safe, and healthy uh, Christmas. Fan Hub, respect to Russ. And and Fan Hub, yes, how dare I. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Fan Hub as well. We love you guys as well. Uh, we hope everybody enjoys, hopefully, at least seven games uh, on yeah. Boxing Day uh, and many, many more. We'll, 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 we'll be back we'll, with you guys one more time before the new year. But um, yeah. just wanted to get that and we'll in. And we'll say uh, Chris, English Christmas style, Happy Christmas, which is there odd. You go. And then Father Christmas, which is odd. Uh, but, you know, in England, they don't have happy holidays. It's all Christmas all the time. So Merry Christmas to them. Uh, this is an English podcast. And we say Merry Christmas, damn it. Uh, and I have my Gumby screen behind me, so eventually I'll wrap myself up and say Merry Christmas, damn it. <laughs> but I, we do respect all the clubs down the pyramid, all the fans. If you want us to talk about your team, we'll go fucking find out about them. Stockport United, uh, Harrisford, uh, Kitty Minster. I don't care. Aberdeen. I love the whole fu- Aberdeen. I'll fucking go find out about the whole fucking pyramid if you want. If you want to shout out, want to talk about your team, we'll talk about them because – I love the game, top to bottom, especially the English League, uh, which makes me the most happy. As I watched Serie A the other day, and I was just I, sorry, I watched uh, La Liga, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me with this?" I watch Athletic versus Real Madrid. They literally just stand around. They don't do <laughs> shit. It's like, oh, let me let me do my dance with you. And I was like, "Get stuck in, you fucking Spanish ponces. Let's go." <laughs> anyway, with that, with that, that's our last one before Christmas. Yeah, that was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortez. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. Respect to Chris. Uh, we record on Tuesdays and Fridays, and we're actually on a Friday. So be sure to subscribe to get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And this was a relatively clean one. We weren't uh, offensive. I mean, a little mope stuff, but. Not too bad.